0: I really um, say thank you to all the people that have contributed so far this morning. I think it's really clear what God wants to say to us this morning and his word is just going to hopefully just finalize that for us because I don't know what happens to you when you think of the word waiting. But most people, when they think of the word waiting, something comes into mind and they just shudder a little bit. You know, waiting's not always a pleasant experience. I've done a lot of waiting in my life and some of you have done way more waiting than I have as well. In my current season, I'm waiting for my husband to come home. Everyone thinks he should be home any moment. He's still gone for another month. He doesn't come back till, like, I think it's three and a half weeks' time. So it's a long time. Um, but I think he's missing us too, I think. Hi, Phil. He's not watching now because it's like midnight, but he has been watching along and that's great. Um, I've been waiting for my finger to heal. I've got this annoying finger that got broken three months ago now and... I just want it to be over. Have you ever felt like that about anything in your life? I just, lots of nods. (laughs) I just want it to be over. And every time someone asks me, I'm I'm free to share how annoying it is. But actually, primarily, I just want it to be over. I don't want to have to wait. I want to know what's going to happen and how long it's going to take. And I don't believe that it's going to take as long as they say to heal because that's ridiculous. But there are seasons, aren't there, where we have to wait. And this morning, we're going to look at how to wait courageously. Now, I think we think waiting is this you know, thing that just happens to us, so actually when we think about courage, we don't think about waiting, which is why I think it's important for us to consider this in the whole realm of being courageous. Um, the key text for our series, as you've seen the last couple of weeks, comes from 1 Corinthians 16, 13 to 14, and Kids Church concentrate on this a couple of years ago, so some of you would know it well, but it's this military command, isn't it? Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. Now this morning we're looking at the words, be strong, be strong. Another um, version says, be strengthened. It's about absolute resolve. But you know, this word doesn't mean to make yourself strong. Can you see the tense that it uses? It says, be strong, be strengthened. Because, actually, strength, courage, is not something we do ourselves, but it's something God does in us. We don't make ourselves strong spiritually, I suppose, or in our character by actually doing anything other than allowing God to do something in us, which is why waiting is so important. Psalm 27 verse 14 says, "'Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, And he will strengthen your heart. How do we be strong? We wait on the Lord and he will give us strength. Now, you've probably heard um, the story of Noah in the Bible. And um, again, I started reading Genesis this year. And when I read it again this year, I was reminded or it stood out to me again afresh how many time gaps there are in this story How many times Noah just waited? And I think we can read a chapter of the Bible and kind of assume that it's all over and done with with a couple of days. But I'm going to read you Genesis chapter 8 this morning, which is a fair way into the Noah story. In fact, Noah has already spent time waiting. If you remember the story, he already waited for the rain to start with everyone laughing at him. But at this stage, he's in the boat. So Genesis chapter 8, I'm going to read. um, And I think it's going to come up on the screen as well. God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and livestock with him in the boat. He sent a wind to blow across the earth and the floodwaters began to recede. The underground waters stopped flowing and the torrential rains from the sky stopped. So the floodwaters gradually receded from the earth. After 150 days, exactly five months from the time the flood began, the boat came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. Two and a half months later, are you listening to these time frames? Two and a half months later, as the waters continued to go down, other mountain peaks became visible. After another 40 days, Noah opened the window he had made in the boat and released a raven. The bird flew back and forth until the floodwaters on the earth had dried up. He also released a dove to see if the water had receded and if it could find some dry ground. But the dove could find no place to land because the water still covered the earth. So it returned to the boat and Noah held out his hand and drew the dove back inside. After waiting another seven days, Noah released the dove again. This time the dove returned to him in the evening with a fresh olive leaf in its beak. Then Noah knew the floodwaters were almost dry. He waited another seven days and then released the dove again. This time it did not come back. Noah was now 601 years old. Yeah, 601 years old. He'd done so much waiting. He was obviously good at it by now. Um, where was I up to? On the day at first, it still surprised me every time I read that. I feel exhausted just thinking about 601 years. On the first day of the new year, ten and a half months after the flood began, that's what it adds up to, the floodwaters had almost dried up from the earth. Noah lifted back the covering of the boat and saw that the surface of the ground was drying. It wasn't over yet. Two more months went by and at last the earth was dry. That's a long time, right? A lot amount of waiting in a boat full of stinky animals and lots of family which surely were driving him crazy by now, and I wonder what was going on in his mind as he was there. I don't think he knew when he entered the boat what this was going to look like. But for almost a year, he waited and he wondered, probably, would the rain ever stop? Will there be anything left after the flood anyway? Will there be enough food or places for the animals to live? Could ever things be the way they used to be? At times of great frustration and cooped up in this tiny place, he probably wondered if it it was better off just all dying in the flood with everybody else in the world. Can you think about an entire year of uncertainty? I know some of you are in that place. Year after year of uncertainty. What does waiting look like for you? Well, I've shared before, so I'm not going to go into depth today about probably one of the most difficult waiting seasons of my life was when Phil um, had four different brain surgeries after over three and a half months and spent that time, three and a bit months, in hospital. And um, we would pass the time, as I've said before, and I've got a picture up today, um, watching TV on a laptop and drinking coffee. Um, He was most of the time sort of in quarantine in just one room. And this was what got us through the waiting periods. And um, it was difficult, but this, these things kind of just were a little bit of joy to spark in our day. I tell you what, coffee still brings me joy. I don't go to one session of hand therapy without going for a coffee first and sitting there and drinking my coffee while I'm sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. You know, most of us aren't very patient. We, be, we begin to doubt God the minute things don't go our way. If there's any delay in him giving us what he promised, we, we wonder what's going on. We, we read the Bible and we get frustrated if we don't understand it the first time. We get confused when the will of God seems to be different to our timetable or, or our agenda. But, you know, God knows that there's some things that can only be learned over time. I've learned way more in the waiting rooms of life than I have in life's busy activity. But the waiting room is a hard place to be. Time passes slowly, doesn't it? What does your waiting rooms look like? Maybe in a doctor's surgery, waiting for a diagnosis. Maybe you've had to make choices about your employment or you've been looking for a job and you just seem to be waiting and waiting and nothing's happening. Maybe you want to share your life with someone but Mr. or Mrs. Wright hasn't hasn't turned up, hasn't crossed our path and we feel like we're just waiting. Maybe when someone that we love is hurting or making bad decisions and we feel like we can't do anything, we feel out of control and we're just waiting for this difficult season to be over. Maybe you feel distant from God and you're like, God, when will you just show up in my life? You know, for, for me, as I said, God knows it's exactly in these times when I don't have control, when I have the least amount of ability to change the situation, that I have to exercise the greatest amount of faith. In these times we're left to choose, aren't we? Will we trust God or will we worry? Will we keep going or will we give up? And let's be honest, a lot of the times giving up isn't even an option. It certainly wasn't for Noah. He had no choice but to wait in that boat. He didn't know where where he was really or where he would get to the nearest land. He just had to wait and trust God. And often we don't have any choice either. But the Bible tells us that Noah continued to trust God. And I really think his waiting could be described as courageous, strong waiting Waiting that came, or the ability to wait that came just from his relationship with God. So what what got Noah through? He didn't have coffee. He didn't have the West Wing that I watched on TV when I was waiting for Phil to heal. But what did, what did God have? I mean, what did Noah have? Well, two things that we have too today. He had God's promise. Do you remember? Noah... Was called by God to build this ark and promised him that he would save him and his family and build the world, the new world through him. He had God's promise. He told Noah, "I will save you and your family." And Noah might not have fully understood the extent of that or what it meant, but God had given him His word. And so do we. When we wait, we have God's promises. the The Bible is full of them. We saw a few this morning. We sung about many of them this morning. God promises. Abraham that he would save him and sure enough he was saved God promised us that he'd take care of us, that he'll be with us, that he'll never leave us, that he'll never forsake us He's promised to guide us, he's promised to equip us to meet every situation we face Noah trusted God's promises and we really to to wait courageously need to choose also to trust God's promises And, you know, the second thing Noah had was not just this theory about a promise, not just the word, but he had the experience. He knew that God didn't just make promises, but that he kept them. You know, what? Noah has walked and talked with God, the Bible tells us, for a long, long time. For 600 years, Noah had walked and talked with God. That's a really long relationship. He knew God so well. Now, I don't know some of you very well, some of you are visitors today, some of you I've met a few times, but you know, for those of you who I don't know very well, if you told me you were gonna do something, I really wouldn't know if you actually were. You know, you could promise me something and really, I'm not sure that I would feel that confident because I've got no history with you. I don't know you. Can, I, can you be trusted? Well, some people might say you can, but I don't know that for myself. But if we're close friends, if we've spent time together, if we know each other, if, if you've been there for me, if you've prayed for me consistently and you've told me so, if I've asked you to do something and you've followed through, if I've got a relationship with you, I trust you, I know you're reliable, I know you're dependable. And the fact is, if I don't know you, I'm not going to trust you. Think about that in your relationship with God. If you're not sure, flip it the other way, if you're not sure God is trustworthy, maybe what you need to do is spend more time with him. Get to know him. Get to see how he works. Get to know him better. Noah had seen God's faithfulness. His love, his mercy had been displayed over and over and over again. Noah knew that God cared. He knew that he'd experienced that that care in the past, that God had been there for him. And so as he looked back on his life, as some of you can do, He'd seen God's faithfulness, he'd seen God to be true to his word. God promised Noah he'd be saved, sure enough, there was a waiting time, but his family and him were saved. Noah was happy to wait because he had God's promise and he knew that God kept his promises from his experience with him. You know, our ability to wait doesn't really stem from ourselves. Our ability to be strong doesn't come from within But It's based on being confident and focused on who God is and what God is doing. When the Bible calls us to wait, it's never called us to wait based on who we are. It's always based on God's character and his faithfulness. It's not about our human strength or ability or grit. It's not I can wait because I'm a super Christian. But we wait because of who God is. Psalm um, 62, sorry, verse 5 and 6. I love this verse. God the one and only. I'll wait as long as he says, everything I hope for comes from him, so why not? Listen to the character of God. He's solid rock under my feet. He's breathing room for my soul. He's an impregnable castle. I'm set for life. I'll wait as long as he, as long as he says why, because he's dependable, he's solid rock. So what's our role then? If we know that God keeps his promises, or makes promises and keeps his promises, what, what do we do in our waiting? What does courageous waiting look like? Well, a couple of things that I'm learning that, that may be helpful to you. One of them I've shared before. Bradley just said to me before the meeting, is this your same sermon that you've done before on waiting? Well, actually, the Bible talks about waiting lots and lots, just like he talks about love. So, yes, I have given a sermon before on waiting five years ago. He looked it up. And... <laughs> And, and you might remember because this point is the same as one I made in this sermon because it tells you what the word wait means and he remembered so he was kind of paying me out but he remembered from five years ago Brad what do we do while we wait well the first thing we do is be faithful in seeking and serving God we can be faithful in seeking and serving God Lamentations 3.25 says the Lord is good to those who wait for him to the person who who seeks him and those words wait and seek are pretty much the same word in the Greek wait and seek because actually waiting doesn't mean sitting in a corner and it's not actually a, the image of me sitting in a doctor's surgery being able to do nothing but scroll through Facebook and drink my coffee Actually, the word wait is based on the term that we know very well as a waiter, like in a restaurant, and this is what I've shared before, and and I think it's a great image and a helpful image to me. Mostly when you see wait in the Bible, this is what it means. You know, a waiter gets their hands dirty. I waited a long time ago on tables at Pancakes on George Street, and I would have to go, I didn't wait in the corner for someone to call me over I was proactive, I went up to tables what, what do you want, what can I help you today sometimes it was small things like a glass of water and other times I wanted a big steak meal but I was faithful in waiting on tables and that's how we're to wait on God he, he um, has tasks for us to do just as Noah had tasks on that boat he didn't just sit there and let everything overrun he was active, he looked after the animals he sent out a dove, he sent out a, a raven he, he saw God's signs come back A waiter takes time to listen for instructions. So waiting on God means that we need to spend time waiting on God's instructions, being faithful in serving in the small things and in the big things that he asks us to do. We need to spend time in God's word, learning what he wants us to do, seeking answers, recalling his promises. We need to spend time in prayer. And what a beautiful song that is, that song, Sweet Hour of Prayer, what power prayer brings to our life. Praying about the issues that we face, praying for wisdom and discernment, giving God space to talk to us, to tell us what he wants from us. And time, meditating, if you like, or contemplating, listening to who God is, to what he's wanting to do in our lives. Maybe we need to re-examine our attitudes or motives or our goals. Maybe God wants to do something in us But certainly we need to be waiting on God like that waiter in a restaurant, not like someone sitting in a waiting room feeling hopeless and not able to do anything. You know, the Bible tells us there's a time to plow, a time to sow, a time to reap, but they're never done all at the same time. The harvesting process involves doing the right thing at the right time. And for some of us, maybe we're not quite ready for what we're waiting for. Maybe we need to do more learning, more studying, more working on our foundations. But Noah continued to get glimpses to hope in the future. Listen to those verses again, the last couple of verses that I read, 13 to 14. On the first day of the new year, 10 and a half months after the flood began, the floodwaters had almost dried up from the earth. Noah lifted back the covering of the boat and saw the surface of the ground was drying. He saw some hope. Sure, two more months went by, and at last, the earth was dry. But I reckon those two months were a little bit easier than the first eight months or ten and a half months because he had glimpses of that dry land, of normality in his sights. And when we spend time with God, I believe he lifts our eyes, gives us some hope to do the second thing that we need to do in waiting courageously, and that's to rest in God's timing. Psalm 37:24 says, "'Don't be impatient for the Lord to act.'" Anyone ever guilty of being impatient for the Lord to act? Me. Keep travelling steadily along his path and in due season he will honour you with every blessing. Keep travelling. That's an active waiting. Don't stop. Don't stop seeking God. Don't give up. Allow God to grow your character. Remain in him even at times when you don't understand your situation. You know, God can change us even when he's not changing our situation i think for some of us that's what he wants to do i'm just going to give you an image as the ensemble comes up and we're going to sing a song and reflect but i think courageous waiting and this waiting on god is a bit like surrender a few years ago i pictured i experienced a picture of surrender and i think surrender is a bit like these kids I think there's a picture gonna come up. Um, About seven years ago, Phil and I went to the Philippines. We've shared this before um, with a group of young adults and teenagers. And we went there to serve and to to run programs and it was a great opportunity. We learned way more than we did. Um, But at the end of our time there, the mayor, he was grateful for what we'd done for the community. So he provided um, transport and guides to take us to this beautiful local swimming hole. Absolutely stunning. And we went there and I expected it's the Philippines, you know, like it's made up of thousands of islands, everyone can swim. But these kids that came with us, they actually mostly didn't know how to swim. Most of the adults didn't know how to swim either. But some of them were brave enough to get into the water with us. And they hung on to us. This was some of our team members. And they hung on to us for dear life. But some of our kids, our teenagers were cluey enough and they, they taught them to float. And, you know, when they were floating, what were they doing? They were looking up and guess what? Life felt okay. Life was a little bit smooth sailing. But they began to fret sometimes. They'd get a bit too close to the waterfall and the, the waters would ruffle a bit. And so they'd start treading water and they'd start sinking. They, they'd they kick around and, and fight and no longer could they just float. And you know, sometimes when life is scary, when life is unknown, when those, we get a bit close to raging waters of a, of a waterfall, we, we can look more at what we can do rather than keeping our eyes up and focusing on what God wants to do in our lives. Isaiah 40, 31 says, those that wait upon or hope in, or one version says, um, get, get strength from, God gives fresh strength, that, that's the same term of waiting on the Lord serving him, but looking to his interest, what he wants. Verse 29 of that Isaiah 40 in the message says, he gives fresh strength to dropouts. Maybe some of you feel like a bit of a dropout today, like you've left the race, like you've left the the journey of life and you're just in a, a bit of a waiting room in limbo. But this morning, I just want to encourage you, maybe for the first time, but maybe it's for the thousandth time to commit to waiting upon the Lord to give up, not to give up, sorry, on his plan, but to give up your own desires, your own expectations, and to seek God, and to be willing to be obedient in this season to whatever he's asking for you, knowing God, and knowing he's got the best plan for our lives, you know, Noah believed in a promise-making God, and so do I. And so this morning, we're just going to take a few moments to reflect on that God who promises and who keeps his promises. And we're going to use a song. I was going to call it an old song before, but I was told it's not an old song. It's it's of my era, a beautiful song that says, Here I am waiting abide in me, I pray. And and yes, we're going to sit in our seats or you may want to come and, and kneel at the place of prayer and ask God what He wants from you in this season. Maybe you'd like to stand, but we're not going to go very far. But I invite you to actively wait on the Lord, to spend time asking God, what is it that you want from me in this season? What is it that you're trying to teach me? What is it that I can do for you as I wait for your plan, as I wait for the next step in your plan? So we're going to sing this song and take five minutes just to reflect. And then I'm going to pray. I just ask that God would just give you strength in this time as you wait on Him.